You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. And I am Inner Circle. No, you're not Inner Circle. And I am Inner Circle. Coming to you live from a dirty underground basement that was pre-recorded on Hollywood Boulevard. I think I got those orders wrong, but that's okay. It's failing Hollywood. I'm your host, Mikey T. And with us, as always, is not the paranormal fuckboy. He is now the props poppy. Yes. I think I got that right this time, right? It's about damn time. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Put some respect on my name. Well, I just did. Yeah. And there you go. You're in it. And we are in the studio this week. Uh, we got a special guest. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he is an actor. Um, Andrew Matarazzo. Did it right. Yeah? 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 Nailed it. Um, Nick, do you think you would be able to say that name clearly? Yeah. Yeah? Nick's Italian. Yeah, he's, he's like... I'm guessing ha- it's an Italian name. Yeah, it's an Italian <laughs> yeah. name. My mom's from Rome. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I was born in Brazil, raised in Miami, and my mom is from Rome, raised in Brazil. Do you speak any other languages? Yeah, I speak Portuguese fluently. You do? I lost Italian very young, so now I just say, like... Certain foods that I like. Bologna. Mozzarella. <laughs> yeah, basically. I just know all the foods. That's like the, the basis of my Italian skills. Yeah. That's Welcome. the entire Italian language, though, right? It's just food. Honestly, that's, the most, vi- I think that's yeah. the most vital part of the language, for yeah. sure. As long as you can pronounce sure. the food. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my God. I'm still... I, I think I still have a, the full turkey in my belly right now. Really? Yeah. Did you, did uh, you have some people? Do you have a lot of people together? Or um, no, family? obviously the circumstances. Yep. Uh, my family's all in Miami and Brazil. So I basically, I have three friends who I grew up with in Miami who are all three actresses and they live out in, um, in LA and they're kind of my home base. I spend Thanksgiving with them every year. Oh, okay, cool. So we did a very funny social distance Thanksgiving where the table was like massive, but there was only like five of us and we were all (laughs) six feet apart outside. Um, But it kind of made it a theme. It was a vibe. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, we were, we were, all of us were in the house. Oh, thanks. We were, all of us were in the house. So it was just us and Bill. So (laughs) it's pretty much five of us also. And... We all probably made enough food that we would typically make for hosting Thanksgiving. So it's like, I think I... But only for five people. But for five people. <laughs> so I, I don't, I'm pescatarian, so I don't eat turkey. So Freddie got himself like an individual tiny, like baby turkey. Yeah, like a little five pound <laughs> baby boy. It like wasn't even... Was that five pounds? It might have been. Yeah, know. it's like small. It was so tiny. So wait, you had a Thanksgiving fish? I had a Thanksgiving fish. I, I had never seen that in my life. Yeah, we got a, we got a, I got a three pound salmon fillet pretty much. And I cooked it out on the grill outside and that let it like good. slow cook for a while and everything. But I've had, I didn't always, I wasn't always pescatarian. So I've had like a big giant, like fucking 25 pound turkey, like roaster or like pot for it and i've never really used it my wife was has been like you should throw that shit out and i was like nope we're gonna use it this year because i'm making homemade mac and cheese (laughs) so i filled that thing up with mac and cheese and it was like i mean if you think like a big 25 pound turkey like there's always leftovers after like a 15 person dinner oh yeah for sure uh i filled this whole thing with mac and cheese and we did not make even a smidget of a dent inside that yeah that's the thing with thanksgiving it's like you have 
leftovers for what five days after probably I'm, actually yeah. go- I'm going back to the house that i spent thanksgiving at tonight to oh. specifically eat leftovers for dinner Le- to have a leftover mm-hmm. thanksgiving yes. feast. yeah that's what we, we've all been having for lunch and dinner um thanksgiving and it's still 99 percent of our fridge i think it's going to be more than five days and you you never learn like even the, no. the following year you still make the exact same amount if not more i feel like it increases every year despite knowing that you can't finish it yeah, yeah exactly. well the thing is the only recipes you can find is for like to serve 10 people and i ain't doing fucking math <laughs> yeah the three sisters that i was talking about and they cook they said they don't know how to cook for like one or two people it, they only know their recipes are like for huge they're cuban so they (laughs) cook for like huge amounts of people um but i thought that was funny they're like yeah our skills are only for giant quantities we cannot cook like individual plates which i don't i don't i don't hate it too much because i feel like all of next week's going to be great because typically i'll come home from work and i'm hungry but you just worked all day you don't want to like i don't want to do anything so instead of having ramen noodles i could actually have something a preheat or something like that have you ever heard of brava oven do you know what that is no this is not an ad by the way but (laughs) I just discovered this thing called Brava oven that I got, which is this, it's essentially an easy bake oven for adults. What? It is a computer slash infrared light oven that comes with 800 preset like recipes, I guess. It tells you how to prepare it on the different sections of the tray. You put it in and then it uses different infrared lights to cook each thing to perfection you have like over 20 settings you can put it like i want this to be crispy i want this to be medium well i want and it you basically don't have to know how to cook you just put it in it's very sci-fi and it's the reason i survived uh lockdown because i can't cook and it basically does this thing cost uh luckily they sent me one because i told Uh, them i was like i won't survive i don't know how to cook and then they were like we love your story we're gonna send you (laughs) but um i think it's it's pretty pricey um but it's one of the coolest things like it it really makes me feel like I'm living in 2030. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's what makes it more than just a toaster oven. It's just, it has, it's just like the infinite settings. Like if you want, it'll have different combos too. So it'll be like steak and potatoes, steak and broccoli, steak and asparagus, and you can cook them at the same time and it can regulate the different temperatures on the sections of the tray. So you can cook everything in 10 minutes instead of having a bunch of pans and pots and whatever in different times for everything like, right it's just yeah it's, so the next step up from that's gonna be like the the 3d food printing or whatever yeah yeah what, what is this thing called brava oven like brava b-r-a-v-a like... oven this really sounds like an ad though <laughs> the product placement no well, i mean I'm genuinely it can be curious. an ad if they want it to be Send us i know i'll be oven. like hey guys just so you know is this it for 150 bucks no way i think it's like a grand dude oh so this is it the ebay for 2400 bucks probably probably i know they make different they make different levels too there's like a chef one that's even more customizable but it like it air fries it sears it it does it all so french fries would be great we're really on topic here yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) this thing about movies but that's okay what movies feature ovens um are you a black friday guy no not at all i never understood like i didn't even know what black friday was until like four years ago really i just like i heard it through the ether but i never Mm -hmm. was like Oh, okay, I see. Is not as crazy about Black Friday in Miami? No, it's like all the clips I've seen of it does not look pleasant at all. Uh, no, no. This year I, I, I decided to go out just to see for like some Christmas gifts and maybe movies. Yeah. So I left at like 6 a.m. this morning to try to like 
or Friday morning to try to go do the Black Friday deals. And then mm -hmm. I went to Walmart and they're like, oh, we're not doing movies this year. That was last week. Like, Wait, what? Well, that's what confused me about Black Friday was that I kept seeing like everything was Black Friday sale, but it was like three weeks before Black yeah. Friday. So I was like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get the Black memo, I guess, either. So they had nothing. So we went there like I got like a couple cool like Amazon like there's like a thing called the Amazon show, which is like an echo, but it has a video screen yeah, now yeah. so I can like look at the video monitors and stuff. No one tried to fight you for any DVDs? No, there was barely anybody there. Okay. There was that's no good. DVDs there, so that was part of it. So I went to Best Buy, and they were like, oh, we're not doing DVDs this year. I was like, you're fucking Best Buy. That's like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and yeah. then finally Target did have some DVDs, and they had the thing. But the biggest thing that they had that I've been playing a lot of lately has been Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That shit's rad. I've been nonstop into that because they have like all the old classes. Were you ever a Tony Hawk player? No, I was more of like, I think Star Wars and yeah, <laughs> and uh, 007, yeah, yeah, Super Smash Bros. I was into those too, but then uh, PS One definitely when the Tony Hawk came out, I was I was into. It. I think I played and beat every single Tony Hawk game. I mean, I don't know what came out after like the Thug games or whatever. Were you into it that oh, deep? Oh, you mean Underground? Yeah. No, after the first Underground, I stopped playing. Yeah. Do you play other sports games, or, or that was your... That was pretty much it for me. I mean, when Sega Genesis was around, I would play, like, NHL 97. Yeah, and yeah. Shit like that. yeah no, I was... I, I've never been... A, I'm always an art kid, not a sports kid, so all the sports stuff kind of went over my head, but anything that, that was, like, fantasy or, like, those are the things I was into. Yeah. But we did that, so I've been playing that, but all well, since it's the day after Thanksgiving, you're in a Christmas season now, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So At midnight, it turns Christmas. It turns Christmas. So we this is the first uh, year ever that I'm staying in L.A. for the holidays. I think that's going to happen to me, too. Right. So I was just thinking that. I always go back to the East Coast. Uh, always. This is the only first time that I'm not doing that, which is kind of cool because I can get a tree, which we did, and yeah. Jackie's never had a real tree before so we made it a point to go out and get a, a real tree and when i was growing up i mean I, I worked on a christmas tree farm for a little bit no way yeah because my uncle owned one and we sold those those bitches for twenty dollars what does a it, christmas tree farm look like it's just a forest essentially yeah <laughs> it's a premeditated forest pretty much so. <laughs> i think they have to be evergreens though i don't know if anybody's buying oaks or anything uh, like that i don't know uh, they're pine trees right they're all the same. Yeah, evergreen trees. Evergreen. Anything that looks pointy. Yeah, if it's pointy and comes out and you can hang an ornament on it, I guess it's good enough. Because, I mean, they had those Charlie Brown Christmas trees at the, the Christmas tree place we went. The and little like, tiny ones. He's like, yeah, people love these ones. They're ones that are, like, skinny that barely yeah, have yeah. any branches I on had them. that one last year because I, I didn't want to deal with, like, a huge tree. So I just got, like, the yeah. little skinny guy that yeah. bends when you put ornaments on it. <laughs> yeah. The, but the, anyways, the Christmas tree we bought was $150. Oh, yeah. It's so expensive. Well, you I didn't guess, you didn't expect that because no, because they were like twenty bucks back. But that was also like the Christmas tree farms there. They grew everywhere. That's in New yeah. Hampshire. So yeah, in yeah. New Hampshire, they're they're freaking everywhere. Um, here they have to import them from Oregon, and half of them burnt down in Oregon anyways. So. The value of them, I guess, just skyrocketed. It's also L.A., though. Like, they will charge for anything that they can, like a side of freaking sugary. You're not wrong. $4. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we've been going through the uh, old uh, 
Well, that's a luxury. Nobody's getting Christmas trees. Yeah, I guess not. You go to fucking Walmart and you buy the, one the for fake, 20 bucks. Yeah, the fake ones are cheaper than the real ones. Yeah, which is obviously. crazy. You just got to have a place to be able to put them. <laughs> but yeah, we've been putting all the old Christmas ornaments up. And the ornaments, like uh, my mom used to give me them like as a kid. And you plug them into like the electrical of the lights. And they do like these little like little spinning things. things or whatever. But they're all from like the early 90s. So none of them work anymore. <laughs> or or like the, the strands are different. So they're not like producing the power that they used to power to be able to like... <laughs> Basically, they won't burn the tree down, and I guess yeah, that's yeah. an issue because now the things won't work. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I went with my friend to this huge like Christmas store warehouse. Apparently, they make incredibly amazing fake trees these days. Like, mm. I couldn't even. They even have the smell. They'll like spray it with the smell. Really? Yeah. And I, do you I was, have to respray it all the time every year? I think or? you buy like little things. Yeah. Like, for, <laughs> but I just couldn't believe the quality of them. And then it was funny because. Every year I go with him and he ends up spending so much freaking money on it. But then he gets home and he realizes the year before he pretty much bought all the same stuff. So he just keeps buying the same. It's like, yeah, it's like a never ending cycle of, of just buying random things for trees. Yeah, I had to, I had to stop my wife from buying more ornaments because it was like, we have like a fuck ton that we never. Yeah, used. that's what happens. You just collect them. And you, for some reason, every year you'd need new ones, but you have a whole storage of them. Right. Mm. And that's it. It's like, because next year, apparently, we're supposed to be spending Christmas here, too. So I'm trying to, like, I mean, maybe we could, I could convince her to get a fake tree next year. Because it's like, all right, we did the real tree thing. It's great. <laughs> all the needles that get everywhere driving. Oh, nuts. the bright. Okay, Black Friday. I got a Roomba. Oh, that little, the that shark, little vacuum the thing, little right? vacuum yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, the little robotic vacuum. And when you have a Christmas tree, that's when it's the best. Because oh, I can it's just always I need to get around. one of those. Then I'll have my little oven and that. That's that's the future. It makes you realize how like dirty your house is, though, because we've had to empty the thing. Like It goes for 20 minutes and we have to empty it. Because it goes underneath it, everything, it goes, too, right? Yeah, it goes underneath everything. Like It travels around. But the dogs fucking hate Like My dog's been trying to bite it for like... Okay, you just reminded me of this horror story, including a dog and a room. Roomba? <laughs> is it called a Roomba? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, okay, it's, so it's a robot vacuum. We can my do it. friend, it's a shark. Mikey can't. It's called yeah, a shark. A okay, my friend had one of those things, right? And he was so stoked because it was going to just constantly be on while he was at work. One day he was away for longer than he thought he was going to be, so his dog pooped on the ground. What? The Roomba? No. Sucked it up and smeared it underneath all his furniture, all his house, the carpet of his room, under his bed. He got home. <laughs> he got home and he said he nearly like puked on the floor cuz it smelled so bad and it took an entire two and a half weeks to like fully scrub this place down so that and he was still finding poop underneath like Ew. random places that the Roomba would just like go under but did he, he keep was, the Roomba no he, <laughs> it, it was completely ruined so that was the thing it was like that was broken he was so pissed at the dog everything all his carpets had to be like shipped out to be like <laughs> cleaned what? but we yeah. were we were like dying laughing but it was just he was horrified it was the worst case scenario yeah I mean the the thing about it is it's it's been great but it, it you have to like semi keep things clean because if you have yeah. shoes or shit around the oh, house totally. it's gonna keep bouncing around and it tries to suck up cables so that's a bit because we have like a lot of um like chargers and yeah. stuff around the house keep them off or whatever. The floor. We got to keep them off the floor. I have one cable to the Xbox, like one controller that has that's on a wire. So that it tried to suck up today. And like these are the things they don't advertise. Yeah, yeah. You don't think of which you have to. You start literally to, have to watch it while it's doing this back. I think it could be good. We just got. I just got to be more.
more vigilant yeah, of what yeah. I'm putting down Probably and everything. Not, not leave the house and let your dogs poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my dogs are good about that, thank God. Well, yeah, because you got that own little luxurious area for them to Yeah, to the have backyard. Their yeah, yeah I, brought, I brought Andrew Ooh, to the... He he's an actor, so he doesn't typically get to see the props side of the world. I guess yeah, like we that. just see them on set in our in the environment that we're about to shoot in. So yeah, it was really cool to see all the the storage and all your bins. Lately. Right, the chaos. So yeah, the, the organized chaos. Yeah, organized chaos. So a little bit backstory: we're working on the same movie right now. Uh, he's acting, and I'm doing props. And you you came up to me on set and said, "Hey, where do you get?" your props yeah, from because yeah. I need some things and I don't want to start an account with like because I was confused how all that worked like I, I called a couple places and they were like you need to apply for this and that and I was yeah. like what I thought it was like those places where you you know how you can rent camera equipment yeah. easy pretty much yeah. you put like a deposit you grab yeah, credit something. card authorization so I thought it was yeah. like that but it was a whole different ball game so yeah especially now with coronavirus too because there's like so much that goes into sanitation I oh, guess yeah, I that's imagine. added or whatever so he's like where do you usually get what's an easy place to get it from and then he he li- you listed off a couple of things. I was like, just come over and we'll Dude, go Dude, you have no idea how giddy that made me. Because, like, that was probably the one little snag in our whole planning that we were like, how are we going to get all this stuff? Yeah. And when I found out the rentals don't work the way I thought, I was like, my last hope is asking him on set if he knows, like, a special place. But I didn't realize you guys keep your own collections of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it worked out perfect. Yeah, a lot of the bigger prop masters have kept it. And you, 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 we have, like, all the director's chairs. We have all the cards. And, I mean, he, you were there. He's just like, oh, I, I think there's a scene where we need a briefcase full of money. He was like, oh, I already got that put together. Like, I, <laughs> that, that, that was what was blowing my mind was, like, the specificity of what I was asking. And you're like, oh, that's in this drawer. That's over here. I have yeah. a whole bin of those. We got him, like, all these gangster uh, 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 cigar stuff. Yeah. And, like, so I'm doing I'm doing a, a music video. It's my first ever single. I've been doing, like, covers and stuff for fun. Um, but this is my first, like, original song. And the inspiration for it was kind of this word that I heard. You know, I'm part Italian. It's uh, omerta, which is, like, the mafia code of silence. Right. And so I wrote this whole song kind of with mafia analogies and it doesn't say anything about the mafia but it's clearly about that life um and we wanted to make this really epic kind of godfather the irishman type vibe scorsese yeah scorsese vibes um and we were like how are we going to make this period but we ended up getting this really cool uh, historic estate it's called sunny gables estate i believe um and it's the coolest freaking house and the props just kind of is going to take it completely mm. next level yeah i'm excited now yeah definitely is that uh, in la or it's in uh pasadena it's in one of those really old hollywood type of like oh, i love driving through those yeah even just pulling up to the place i was like i want to film at all these houses i want all these even in the shots as we drive by yeah. like um but it's you get it's a good deal like, on uh using it for the day or i was telling him earlier like the it re- this project has really restored my faith in la and just artists in general like mm-hmm. the amount of people that either used to be filmmakers and now they're older and they retired. Like the owner of this house said, she's like, I was a young artist. So like, I'm going to help you guys out. And she gave us such an amazing rate that we were able to take the budget we had so much further because we thought we were going to spend the most on location. Right. Always. And because she helped us out, we were able to just like 
the best feeling was paying all the people involved too. Right. Like all my friends that were just down to do it, being able to give them something to just like yeah. make it a little bit more worth it. Um, yeah, meal and real, right? Yeah. So so that was a really good feeling. But um and then I told you about like we got this classic Rolls Royce. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, and, and like the rate was astronomical. And once I told him I'm like, dude, I'm I'm doing this with all my filmmaker friends and like it's my first song, he was like, you know, I was a young I think he said he did like post or something, but he was like, I always promised I was gonna like help young filmmakers out. So he gave us like the best deal I could have even dreamed of to have that mm. in the video. Um so it's just been a really nice Well if he has a Rolls Royce, that sounds like a producer. Maybe. It could yeah, be. He, maybe. Has, he actually has five of them. He has oh, a fleet. What? Yeah. That's a yeah. producer a for sure. His, his website said he has a fleet of them in all these photos. I don't really know how that works, but he was he was just one of them flies. Yeah. yeah, right. Might as well. It's a new model. Um, but it, it's been a really cool thing seeing all these artists and people coming together and getting excited that yeah. we can just. I think everyone with COVID is kind of like, I just can't wait to like do something again. Yeah. So this is, we're, we're following all the protocols, but it's nice to be able to have something to work on. Yeah. That's the one thing nice about working in film. It's uh, like when you're done, obviously you go back to quarantine and all that yeah, shit, yeah. but at least when you're working, you get to go out, fucking do what you want or do the work and then go home and like yeah. talking to people on like Tinder and shit. It's like fucking. <laughs> my Tinder is literally just I get tested twice every other day. <laughs> that's my only bio that's, right that's now. That's the bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing. People have been like, that's been the flex lately. Is you post your your negative results on your story and on right. your Instagram. Yeah. I was like, I don't understand that, but I guess like yeah, that's that's the life we live. You can now. see me. <laughs> yeah, like you can you can hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Fucking makes sense. Yeah, I've been off, uh, what's it been, like two weeks, and just being back in quarantine fucking sucks. Oh, I know, and I have ADHD, so I yeah, I get really antsy, but... Anxious and stuff. Yeah, like, ang when I'm, I get cabin fever, do you know what yeah, that is? Like, too. I get that so bad. Yeah. Um, luckily, at least a lot of the outdoor stuff is, is, um accessible like walking yeah. the beach or going on like I get like the, the opposite of like social anxiety, where like not being around people you get anxiety not being around people. Yeah. yeah. I like so being isn't there like two types of people, the ones that recharge around people and the ones that recharge away from people? I, yeah, I was reading yeah. this thing about like some people get their energy being around a lot of people. Yeah. And some people recover like when they're completely by themselves, they need that space. Mm -hmm. I'm, hard that. For, I'm hard for me by myself. I can't like I, I yeah. can I can be by myself for a little while. But like let's say like this during this whole quarantine, I haven't really been I haven't spent more than a couple of weeks, I'd say, in one place or at home or like I have to like go. That's why I have like the RV van mm -hmm. out there is because it's, it's just so easy to up and go. It's like, yeah, that's nice. Uh, yeah, anyway. every once in a while, you just got to get away from Jackie. I, she comes with me. <laughs> I'd say with the prospect, I, I think it's it's easier with the prospect of knowing you have something coming up. But like For before, sure. like now it's a little bit better because there's work and you have something to look forward to. But before it was like so indefinite and you didn't know what was going on. So oh, it was yeah. just like. And I, I'm like a, I'm a schedule person. Yeah, like, yeah. So having days where I literally could not schedule anything, like I had yeah. nothing to do. Yeah. That was really hard. Wake up and figure it out. <laughs> it's like nice to go with the flow, but at the same time. After a week, you're just like, I need a schedule. Like, yeah. I started signing up for all those virtual like fitness classes and stuff just so I would have something on my day that's like, okay, yeah. at noon I have to do this thing. Right. What 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 type of music are you are you doing? I don't know how to describe my genre yet, but I would say I'm I'm definitely like 
I'm a vocalist. I, I like music that focuses on vocals, but I'm influenced. There's two people that really influenced me. One of them was Amy Winehouse really oh, early. Shit. Yeah, really early on. I think because she did such an amazing job at interpreting lyrics. Like she never sang a song the same twice. No, no. And and it, I think the actor in me kind of resonated with like the way she would put the like persona and character right, into right. that, you know? Um, and then I'd say recently, I've just been really inspired by all sorts of people, but I've I, I really been liking Billie Eilish's stuff. Right. Um, I think she's she's an accumulation of a lot of artists in the past, of course, everyone is, but I think she's very much like a, a, a this generation voice, you know? I yeah. Think, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that that her and Phineas play with. Yeah. And this is something you're still working on or like you haven't released no, this, put anything out into the world yet. So I've only done covers up until this point. Um, yeah. I did my first like snippet of original stuff was I collabed with this girl on her album. Um, I did a, like a duo song with her and that was the first time I was singing words that I wrote that weren't a cover. Yeah. And that was like a few months back. Um, so that was a little taste of, of what's to come. But now this is going to be my first, real like I, I was very resistant to starting my own music because yeah. I've always been like I'm an actor since I was 13 right. I've been acting so and th but then I started realizing as opportunities were coming my way that I didn't need to pick one path that crazy like I can be an actor and also do music and organically it just was happening naturally that I yeah. was pursuing both and so now I feel like it was I think maybe lockdown kind of put some things into perspective yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Like, what, what do I have to lose? Yeah. So, especially during lockdown, you can't act, but you have the time to. Yeah, and so I worked on around a lot with of music. music and, I worked on yeah. a lot of music. I even wrote a book during lockdown. Like, really? <laughs> I had so many ideas and things in my head, and something happened where I, I just got in that zone of like, I think it came from needing a schedule too. Yeah. Like just every day needing to do something. Yeah. But I was, I got really lucky that my brain just clicked in this zone of like, I need to get all of this out. And I, and I barreled through this book. Like it still needs an editor and stuff, but I'm, yeah, of course. I'm really, I'm really proud that I just got it out of my head for three years. It was just like yeah. swimming in there. Um, so that was cool. Nice. So this music video is going to be like your de original yeah. debut. Which is why I'm trying to go all out with it because I, I've met with a lot of like, record labels and producers yeah. and they're all just like dude you have to do it you have to do it and so i feel like this is the first move on the chessboard of like this is me right so yeah. um i even crowdfunded this video and that and i was resistant to that too because i i mean i think it's cringy sometimes when people are crowdfunding especially during a freaking pandemic um but i i kind of read the room and people were just like no like do it and see what happens why were you so resistant to all this do you think that it was like is going to affect your acting career or are you afraid of like failure or like well is it just I'm, like i'm just a perfectionist and yeah. i i didn't feel like i had access to the things that i would want to have access to to meet the vision that i had in my head like it killed me the thought of i have these really vivid ideas and and visions, and if I don't have the people and the money and the access to make it happen this way, yeah, I don't want to do it. Like if yet. you can't get the recording and the yeah, like if the I can't amount, that's this quality that you exactly. really need. <laughs> so, so I was just resistant to starting, yeah, like on starting in a direction that I wasn't proud of, but I think that and that was part of why the crowdfunding actually was amazing because it did give me access to so many things that I probably wouldn't have done um 
and all the people that, I mean, you included that helped me with this. I'm so grateful because it really is a huge chunk of like completing the vision in my head. If I didn't have access to all those props that you just gave me, like that would be a a big setback in my head of like, I just wish like I was picturing this and that scene or I was, you know what I mean? So yeah, but, but lockdown put stuff under perspective and it made me just be like dude just start like look how short life is and how weird things can get like just do it so i'm now i'm feeling good about how it's good Mm -hmm. how'd you get into acting in general you said you were 13 or yeah i was 13 when i it was like the typical way i started drama class i was super hyperactive always when i was younger this is all in miami still yes yeah um in middle school when i i was in florida um, I started drama class. I was one of the only boys that could like sing. So yeah, that actually, yeah. that actually like, instead of starting as like, I'm in ensemble, I would kept getting pretty big parts in the plays because right. I was the only one that could sing a certain part or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to fall in love with it when you keep being like the little lead role of every play at your school. Yeah. So I got lucky with that. It just was fun. Like I wasn't, I, I felt like I actually was able to to apply myself to all yeah. the all the stuff that was being thrown my way. Um, and then it turned to community theater. And then I was, I think I was like 15, 14 or 15 when I watched River Phoenix and Stand By Me. Right. And something clicked where like, I was always looking at these older actors, but because he was almost the same age as me in that film, in his mm-hmm. role, and his performance just blew my mind. Yeah. All of them were great, but his performance like blew my mind. And I remember it just clicked like, wait, what? I don't have to grow up to be an actor. Like I can start right now. Yeah. And it really shifted from just being like something I did on my spare time and like a hobby to me taking the craft seriously, like starting to pay attention to movies in a different way, starting to ask questions about movies, looking up specific actors' work. Heath Ledger was another one that caught me like really young where I was like, wait, something's different about him than all these other actors that I'm I'm looking at. Um, And it just evolved. And I, I ended up auditioning for like or applying I guess but you auditioned for all the acting conservatories I looked up literally like top 10 programs so it was like Juilliard and CalArts which is close to here um and I ended up getting into this one school University of the Arts um but I wanted to go to either Juilliard or CalArts because it was New York or LA yeah and I tried again the following year and I um how old are you at this point uh when I went I mean, I was like 16 when I started. Because these are programs, you know, yeah, applying for college. Here, no, it's college. For... It was like oh, BFA okay. programs. Yeah. BFA programs. Before college, though, I studied one year in England. I oh, did shit. Shakespeare, and that I think that was Holy honestly shit. the shift for me of, of like I want to be a serious actor. Like, yeah. I think the River Phoenix launched me into it's not a hobby. You can actually do this. And then England was where, the culture and the craft there is so different. Right, like, right, right. Mm-hmm. It's all classically trained. It's all about yeah. your voice, your body. Like that opened me up to like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm used to like community theater and stuff. That was like really disciplined craft. Mm-hmm. And it just set the bar super high for me of like what I want to be as an actor, how I want to approach my work. And like, yeah, my body of work right now doesn't reflect where I want to like 
I want to do like period pieces. I want to be in these like crazy yeah, artsy dude, films. That's my like, favorite too, dude. Like, it, I love saying like, pieces. oh, what what kind of what kind of movies do you like to do most? I was like, honestly, if I could stay away from like most of the high school type. Actually, even Teen Wolf was a good. There was a something about Teen Wolf because at least it added like a little sci-fi component. Yeah, about it. It, it had so, a lore to it, right? So. so being in props, like that's like I don't like dealing with screens all the time, which yeah. Teen Wolf had very little of, and like I don't like I don't like dealing with a lot of like high school books and like the same like dramas yeah. that go on with mm. it, and like oh the hot boy over there right, right. shit like that. So but you feel me when I, when I say like it's, it's not weird that you go straight for hot boy. That's almost like it's well, like. That's <laughs> <laughs> but I feel you. That's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, I'm so lucky that I can even play. I'm playing young. I get to do all these yeah. cool projects because that's the majority of things is teen stuff now, right? Yeah. But yeah. um, but ultimately, where I want to go is I want to get to that to that genre of of doing. Like, my dream role would be playing Amadeus. And like, oh shit! Yeah, like something like that. I yeah. love or or even I mean probably ethnically it's it's not gonna happen. But like King Tut would be like a or or Alexander the Great, someone right. that I could do a ton of of research. I love like just yeah. even when you put the costumes on the props, like everything that brings yeah. you to life. That's what I. That's the type of work that I think the the England experience kind of like instilled right. in me. It was a bar that was set. Yeah. yeah, I'm super. Well, plus being around hot chicks with uh, British accents ain't bad, ain't bad either. <laughs> I mean, at, uh, what, 16, I, 17? You know what was crazy was we had so much freedom at that school. Like they really? would, they had a van that would like come to campus and be like, "You're gonna go out into the city for the day. Just be back at this time." And I'm like, I'm literally like, they 16. had a van that shuttled you out. Yeah, there? they shuttled us from campus out into the town. It was and like we have just, fun. <laughs> and, yeah, and some kids would like take trains to other parts of oh, England shit. and come back. So it was kind of crazy too because I was used to like. Florida schools that were just everything was like rules, rules, rules. Yeah. And it was that European kind of vibe that that was really cool. But that yeah. was the best year of my life studying in England was like That's awesome. And the plays that I got to watch, I mean, theater in LA, I, I'm not really a fan of, but New York theater is amazing. When I lived in Philly for some time before I went to CalArts, um, that theater was amazing. But British theater is like, it's just a different world. Right. Like, I was just blown away. I was blown away by some of the performances I saw. So I've heard uh, Russian theater is the real I shit. I have not though. been there, but I heard, yeah, I, I definitely it? heard that. Uh, I can't remember what actor it was, but he was telling a story about how he went to this place and he was like, uh, for the first two years, you you don't have a line in anything. Like They just teach you how to perform with your eyes. So they have like a structure of... A, yeah. a timeline of when you can do what? Yeah, there's just no lines for two years. And wow. you just act with your eyes and your facial expressions. Oh, wow. Isn't that, like, supposed to be half of acting anyway, right? Yeah. Is what you do. Because you, you see actors that have never acted before come in. And one of the things that you can almost always identify... Actually, who was the older brother in fucking Goonies? It was that dude. Corey Feldman? Or no, not Goonies. <laughs> Who played... Uh, it was the Punisher in the new TV series. I don't watch that. <laughs> He was also in, um, he was also the dude that fucked the mom in, uh, the zombie show. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of These those. are very vague. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's how you know it's pretty. I was hoping Nick would come up with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Uh, being the Walking a, Dead. Being on a set, knowing, like, when it's somebody's first time acting a lot, of, like, one of the things that I always notice is they, they typically don't always 
They look like they never know what to do with their hands, and they're so oh, yeah, awkward like spatially, with their hands. Spatially awkward, yeah. Yeah, like, No, oh my God, I can remember when that was one of my biggest weaknesses. Like, if I had to stand on it, yeah, but <laughs> but it's either I'm doing too way too much or I have to, like, keep them somewhere. Yeah. Um, because you know how things read on camera. Like, you do one little yeah, thing yeah. and it looks huge. Um, but I remembered that being one of my things that I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, when you're just standing in a room and, like, it doesn't feel right in your pockets. It doesn't right. feel right to move them a lot. It doesn't feel right to cross your arms. Like, yeah, I, that's definitely like it's a crazy newer, newbie thing. The first time I, I was ever put in front of a camera was kind of the same thing, too. It's like you never, ever, ever Who think about put it. you in front of a camera? <laughs> Stupid little things. <laughs> Tyler Posey probably. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's easy if you're, you know, if you're thinking, you stroke your chin. If you're mad, you cross your arms. Oh, yeah, like, indicating. It's, that's it's easy. Yeah, that's how easy. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but have you ever had, as a prop guy, like, have you ever had where an actor is like, please, dude, I need to have something here yeah. so I can touch it. All yeah, the time. that's all the time. That, all the time. That is like, I'm not at the level yet where I'm going to demand, like, I need something. But if there's ever something I can do, even if it's just a freaking pen in my yeah. hand, like, that helps me so much. And, and Or I'll have an actor one. I had an actor one time who uh, we gave him. It was like a construction set and he was supposed to be laying bricks. And he's like, so how do you lay bricks? And I'm like, fucking because he needed to really i was know. like i don't know take a little mortar spread it around put brick <laughs> down sure here you go bud um wait i was gonna i was gonna say something um what was it i forgot something about oh hands. i was gonna say <laughs> no so the the audition landscape has changed a lot with covid because now it's all self-tapes right so we're filming it all at, at home and that's been actually amazing experience for me of course there's pros and cons but overall i've been loving that Probably less less pressure and shit. Le- less pressure for sure, but um, even just being able to use props. Like, if now it's not weird that I have a backpack on my shoulder in a scene, but it right. is definitely weird to just like I brought a backpack to the audition so I could just put it on right, my shoulder. Right. Like, I think it's I think it's helping. Just you can create your reality better, and and it, even there's been scenes with a couple scenes that I had a gun in it. I would never bring a gun prop to no. an audition. Yeah, yeah, but. It's not making anyone uncomfortable that I have one in my house, like, and they right. know it's a prop, you know. So just little things like that have been helping me just feel so much more grounded and do different takes and try different things, because yeah, there's just different etiquette when you're at your own house. How do the auditions mm. work with it? Do they do you do they send you? Okay, this is what you, like, are you doing it live on webcam where they're giving so you direction? So and shit? so you do you do the tape initially. You get the tape. You do it. You send it to your team who sends it to the casting. It, now they're there's less steps now, I guess. They're just cutting straight. Like, they see all the tapes. Then they do a director-slash-producer session. Yeah, because they can just rewatch it and send it around instead yeah. of having you come back. And now they yeah. they will do it all on Zoom. It's, it's like a bunch of little windows. The director, yeah. the producer, the writer. Um, that's how he's all that came about was uh, it was all on Zoom. And right. that is a little bit of an adjustment because I yeah. think the one thing I did like about going to the room at that level when you – are meeting the producers and directors is you get to show your personality and you can be witty. Right. You can like talk to them. Sometimes organic conversations happen, but it's very to the point where it's like, okay, we're live and you yeah. they talk to you for one second and you do it yeah. and you work together. But on another, in another sense, it's been cool because it, it's definitely leveled the playing field where they are all trying to figure out like, wait, am I muted? Wait, can yeah, you yeah. see me? And like, mm-hmm. yeah, so it kind of yeah. makes me feel a little more comfortable. Too, yeah, there's always all, that 10 minutes of uh, yeah, we're everybody all just, trying to figure it out. We're all just figuring it out. So it kind of, it's a, it's a nice icebreaker. It's not walking into this room of a bunch of people on 
their pads, like writing stuff down and looking at yeah. Like, yeah. Judgment everything free. stone quiet. Yeah, yeah. I so, so I, I kind of like that. There's there's pros and cons, but it's of crazy course. how different everything is right. turned and and how quickly they adapted to like this is how it is now. Right. Yeah. I, I actually have a feeling that we're probably going to be doing a lot of this still even after I think so too. pandemic. I, I think, think so too. I think it's a much easier system. I mean, I know. And like, I think plus you don't need a space like that. I think they're realizing that. I think they're realizing like, wait, why haven't we done this forever? Yeah. That's why, Be- that's why a lot it's of run the, by old fucks yeah, who don't like change. That's also why a lot of other like companies or whatever, because since everybody's going remote that they're, they're starting to close down their actual mm, like yep. businesses and like tech businesses. Cause and they're stuff realizing like, that. like, wait, they're like, why do we need this? Why haven't these people been working from home the whole time? They can do it now. We don't need to be paying rent on all these offices you're right though it really is just about sometimes it's like oh wait we've just it's because we've just been doing it this way for yeah. so long like this, right this is That's how exactly it's done it yeah they're afraid to try to change it because kinda, they don't know it's kind of crazy out. how it like shakes them up but uh let's talk about uh he's all that He's all right? that, yeah. That's where you guys are. We got she's all that right over there. <laughs> oh, wow. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know shit about it. Uh, Mikey hasn't really said much, mostly because of the NDA. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's why we still want, <laughs> what, are going to be saying What are we much, allowed to say me. about it? Anything? That's, uh, that's a movie. I think all we're allowed to say is it's a remake of She's All That. Yeah, okay. and that's about it. Yeah, that's exactly to, it. That's, you're not allowed to say who you play. Do you play the Freddie Prince um, Jr. Oh, I think role? that's I think that's already out. No, I don't think that my stuff's character. That's on IMDb. Yeah, I don't think my character is is uh, a mirror of any of the original characters. I think I'm just the you're lead like guy's best. Friend. I would say I would say. Oh, you're the wacky best friend. Yeah, no, no, I mean, no. One. He's he's kind of like he, he he's part of the douchebag clique. Yeah, we can kind of say that. One. I can yeah. see that. It's yeah. part of the deal. No, they cast it sure. perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, like the last role I played on Teen Wolf was a total douchebag too. So, oh, you were on Teen Wolf too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's you how we know each, known each other a little bit. Yeah, but on Teen Wolf, I mean, that we could talk about a little bit deeper. See, on Teen Wolf, he was a, the werewolf killer, like the leader yeah, of the, the werewolf killers. I was a much. hunter for sure. Yeah, the hunters. And the leader of the werewolf. You're uh, you're maybe, like a young dude. How I think, old were these werewolf killers? I think uh, the I think the lead. Hunter was played by Sibo. She played Monroe, and Monroe's character right. kind of seduces me into following her, and so I'm I'm into like into a bedroom or I mean not she, quite. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more was psychologically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but they had all these like jacked like hunters behind yeah, yeah. them though. So like I, they're in charge of all these like massive dudes with like fucking big pickup trucks. All the dudes that used to hang out I at Dunkin' Donuts. Scene, by the way. Oh yeah. You know, in the trucks. I love that scene. Yeah, But exactly. yeah, my, my character was like a student that got coerced into like helping her and I think she she tur- spoiler alert, she turns on me in the end. Um and yeah. then everyone feels bad for my character cuz I kind of got coaxed into this. Fuck dude, life. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> hey, it's been over 4 for, years. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's been over for quite some time. I'm only 4 episodes deep right now. Um, you were only in the last season, right? Yeah, the last season. And what's crazy is I was so Jeff actually reached out to me on Instagram, believe it or not, and he had he had we had been friends on there for a bit, and we had mutual friends. Who's Jeff? He's Jeff the creator. The, yeah, the oh, creator okay. and showrunner. Um, and he was just wait. Like, Who? He created the original Teen Wolf as well. No, no, he created okay. just this Criminal one. Minds. Though. He adapted basically. He did Criminal adapted, Minds yeah. and then adapted. Revamped this one. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then he we he wolfed was, it. He was like, "Who's your Who's your representation? I have a, a role that you can come in for," and I through DMs on Instagram. Yeah, it, just asking like wh- who my rep was, yeah. and then the rest was through reps. Um, and then I got an audition, 
It was only supposed to be, it was a completely different character, and it was only supposed to be for two episodes. Um, they ended up liking, you, you remember Froy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they ended up liking Froy for a completely different version of the character than they thought, but they still wanted, like, the bad side of that character. Right. So they split that role into two characters, and I was one of them, and he was the other. So ah. it became, like, a two- Instead of this one character they had in mind, they liked what we were both doing, so they made it two separate characters. Right. And then my character was supposed to only be in two episodes, but then they just liked what was happening with our dynamic, me and Freud's dynamic, and they just put me into the rest of the season. And That's probably good with that type of show because that one they would just – they would write – as they went, as they of, went, yeah. pretty much, yeah. yeah. Which was interesting as an actor too. Like, not I didn't know where the heck my character was going. Like, Jeff would give me little tiny, like, ideas of where yeah. they were planning, but I really had to just go with what was happening in the episode. So right. I was kind of living it through real time and developing the character as things were happening. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was such a fun. You know. That was a really good one. That's why I wish Bill was here. Uh, because yeah, I miss Bill. The amount yeah. of people that I've met who were like, "Oh yeah, Teen Wolf, Teen oh, Wolf, yeah. Teen Wolf." Everybody in this fucking Huge. town. No, yeah, on even Teen like Wolf. Uh, everybody, even like behind the crew, is like you hear Teen Wolf. It's like, oh, maybe it's a teeny bopper show. The minute you step foot on the set and like hang out with everybody, you're like, oh yeah, I want to keep working on that. Oh show. for sure. And mm. we we ended on a hundred episodes, so yeah. so that employed a lot of different people throughout the. Yeah. Years. And even like, I would say, I mean, I was, I jumped on in the beginning of season five. So, and then, and then they started going into like the, the 5A, yeah, 5B, yeah, where where, which are pretty much one season, but they just, I think, to try to save money, they yeah. were able to split it up into two. Um, like, they stayed, the crew stayed pretty much the same for yeah. most of it, for the most part, because, I mean, it was just such a good, like, it paid well, it was consistent. And Jeff is awesome. Like Everybody I he was, was, all the producers. Yeah, every, everyone, that was such a cool set to be a newbie on, because I think me and Four were, like, the only two newbies um, that got added for that for that season, and it was, I was scared because I'm like, okay, this show's been on forever, they've all been friends for whatever. And getting there, everyone was so relaxed. It felt like I had known everybody yeah. for a long time. All the directors were pretty much the same. I, th I think that last season was great because I think Katie directed an episode. Oh, yeah. Tyler directed Tyler, an episode. Lyndon. You had Lyndon. Yeah. yeah. So you had like a lot of the act. Johnson? Lyndon It's the. Ashby. Yeah. It's the, like a lot of the actors, like the, a lot of the crew were given an opportunity to direct. Um, the crew. And, yeah, like the script supervisor, she and she did awesome for her really? episode too. Yeah, Tyler got his first episode that he got to direct. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it was a really like loving set. Everyone was extremely like family, extremely. And then like the two directors that were, uh, was it Tim and Russell or whatever? Like Russell essentially invented the music video, so you have like that big of a legend on there. Um, and he was quite the character. Yeah, he is extremely the character. Wait, he, he invented only, the music video. He he directed the first ever music video. What, what was OG. that? Yeah, is a video killed the radio star? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's literally the first music video. First music video ever. Yeah. I did not know that. We're learning stuff. Today. Yeah, and then he did, he did, uh, he did, a, he did like music videos for like Michael Jackson and like mm -hmm. along the, like throughout the years, some of the biggest fucking names you could possibly ever think of. He pretty much owned the MTV world, which is why I think like they're always gonna place him in a special yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Because he's an eccentric dude. Like if you met him, like. He, he how was like he? To, how was he to direct? Because you can only understand like half he the words like he said. He was like a caricature of a director, like yeah. And he shot so quick, which I yeah. guess they love for like production wise. But for actors, we had to be like 
one or two takes we had to just go like yeah we, i knew when he was directing the episode that we had to just be on it and not mess around and just get it done because we would move on so quick and not because he was rushing it was more just like he knew exactly what he wanted as soon as he saw that we got it he would move on yeah um yeah. and and then uh tim was opposite he was like right, such right. an actor's director like yeah talking to us about all different options and Lyndon I loved the episode that Lyndon directed was actually my first episode on set and he was giving me all sorts of really cool things to just like keep in the back of my head yeah um I just I guess because he is an actor so yeah. the way that he talked to us was so it was exactly what you want from a director um, yeah where you can just try different things and you feel supported that that the director wants to see different like things you know right um so i enjoyed that yeah when did you get out to la i've been here five years five years yeah so did was there a project that brought you out here or you just wanted to come to well i got into cal arts um you got the second time i got yeah Yeah. so with your grades (laughs) yeah luckily it's an art conservatory so they don't look at grades really (laughs) um or else i wouldn't have gotten but uh i i auditioned again for juilliard and cal arts were the two that after I got into my to that school in Philly, what did you do to audition? So you, the essay is a big part of it because it's mm-hmm. they give you like some artsy prompt that they want to like see your points of views on things, and then you audition. They have different places. I went to New York for it, where they'll send like representatives from the school, and there's a day or two where they see hundreds of people doing monologue. You do a, a classic monologue and a current monologue. Yeah, I meant like uh, what monologue did you? Oh, so funny story, actually. Every single coach, every single teacher, every single college advisor told me for art conservatories, for the classic, we had to do a Shakespeare monologue, essentially. They were like, do not do Romeo. Do not do Romeo. That is the cheesiest, most cliche. But there was this one monologue that I just like... I just felt it in my blood. I was like, I want to do this though. Like it's what is hitting me so hard. And I ended up like almost secretly with my coaches were helping me with like another option, but I kept kind of working on this one. Yeah. And I, I ended up doing the Romeo monologue and they told me at the audition, they were like, wow, you're the only person who has done Romeo. And, (laughs) and that was like one of the reasons I got in and I got a scholarship too. I imagine Hamlet would be the bigger one. I think because it's, Everyone wants to do like age appropriate because you're like 16, 17 when you're doing it. So everyone picks and they don't want to do like an older monologue guy. They want to do like the only character that's actually 16. Yo, you should have done the the USS Annapolis speech from fucking Jaws. That would have been. Is that considered classical? Classical Uh, act? I I mean, it's classic to me. Classic. (laughs) Have you ever seen a shark say you (laughs) cheat? Yeah, I'm sure they've seen all sorts of different monologues. Guaranteed. But that was a really good lesson for me to learn, too, that just everyone was like, don't, 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 don't. And then they were so impressed that I did that one because probably everyone listened to not do Romeo. So no one did Romeo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I love that that moment because and then I got in. And so I transferred to CalArts and I hated it. Really? (laughs) It was like so anticlimactic. I went to study in England and then UArts in Philadelphia. And I was so excited. I got into one of my dream schools. And nothing against Kyle Arts. I just think the style going from that crazy craftsmanship of right. England, UArts was like so just like abstract, like like counterculture type yeah. stuff. And and hipster bullshit, would you say? Kinda, yeah. yeah. It, I mean it was essentially, but it definitely pushed me out of like my comfort zone and ideas. And so Kyle Arts was very hippie. Like one of the required mm-hmm. classes was Tai Chi. 
What? <laughs> Part of the BFA acting program, one of the required classes was Tai Chi. Does I, uh, that keep your uh, help keep your mind? I think in it was like I think it was the replacement for like being in contact with your body sure. and movement, which. I guess there's there's merit to it, but it just was the style of teaching felt like I backtracked because it was yeah. so much calmer than anything I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, uh, wait, when do we do film? Oh, wait, what? Only in senior year. And that's uh. what I wanted to do. So I broke away from that and I went to a master class, an ongoing like theater group that Tim Robbins actually oh, wow. started called the Actors Gang. Oh, cool. Um, so that's kind of where I went after school. It was like my independent studies, I guess. Mm. Um, and it brought me back to all that, all the vibes I got from like England. Um, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With theater. And he did a lot of Commedia de Arte, which is the mask work, mask and movement stuff. Yeah. It was really out there, but that's kind of where I... I kind of got back into my, like, this is where I'm comfortable. You auditioning the whole time, like, outside of school? For yeah, I was auditioning. Um, in While I was in the BFA programs, they didn't really encourage us to audition because they didn't want us to make bad impressions on all these casting directors before we were ready. Right. Yeah. Um, but while I was with him, I was, I was auditioning. Ready. I was ready. Well, I, yeah, I also, if, if you said that was five years ago when you came out here, I mean, you got Teen Wolf fairly quickly then. Oh, yeah. Um, Teen Wolf was fairly quickly. I, I had that... I did a bunch of short films. I went to like Khan and Tribeca. Oh, cool. Um, and I did some like crappy little films in between that. But I think I landed like a couple co-stars and then, yeah, Team, and Team Wolf was supposed to be a smaller role, but then it yeah. just kind of evolved. So I got really lucky with Good. that. Um, yeah, I, I, I owe Jeff a lot. I always tell him like, you brought so much because yeah. the aftermath of Teen Wolf was insane because it was all those Comic-Con things too. Like, Oh yeah, you I got to go to a lot of those things. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was traveling to Europe like five times a year and that was right. like a huge amount of my, my income was coming from things after the yeah, show. To do the meet and greets yeah, and all, all that, that. And yeah. that, that was a whole nother world that I had no idea about and, it, and I've developed such amazing relationships with my like supporters and yeah fan, i hate the word fans but like mm -hmm. it was it's really cool how that gave a, a forum for me to be face to face with all these names that i see on just social media right and now i feel like there's people that i truly i can recognize when i'm out and about and like it's kind of a, a wild uh culture yeah seriously fandom culture yeah yeah it's extremely it wild cool. um that's interesting um cool. i've had people like uh kind of nerd out on you it's fucking awkward dude oh yeah i mean it can depends be. where you yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i, I mean my my fandom wasn't <laughs> like there's just i used to be a paranormal investigator so people oh, would just know oh yeah us. okay so that invites a different type but of I'm, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> the type of person who i don't like like compliments yeah. like Summon it makes me feel demons. awkward <laughs> and shit. oh yeah i mean so, i guess i guess like we did a, a teen werewolf show so like you kind of knew what was coming but but i was i Honestly, it was it. Looking back on it, the the very few awkward things that have happened in comparison to how many amazing, amazing things, things happen. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel really lucky because I know different fandoms have way different vibes. Like it really is their own little cultures, right? Sure, mm -hmm. for sure. So there's definitely different, um, different, different types of people out in these in these fandoms. Yeah. Uh, speaking of all that, do you guys want to talk about TV and movie stuff? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we watched a lot of stuff for... Oh, God, this is where you guys are going to lose me when you're like, have you watched? Have you watched? I think I think you'll be more surprised, actually. Okay. We, we we watched a lot of stuff, like, for Thanksgiving movies, we watched uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Have you seen that? 
He's like, nope. <laughs> can, I a, can I get a cricket sound effect? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time. And then we watched Son-in-Law again just to see if they held up. And, I mean, they were pretty good. Yeah, both of them held up. Um, well, we could start this segment off by Freddie's favorite question for the guests. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what are three movies that you will watch at least once a year? Or I like to go with once every six months until the day you die. Okay, definitely Stand By Me, because that, mm. I don't know why, I think that's the perfect movie. Like, even when I watch it now, it had a significant effect on my life, like I told you before. Right, right. But, um, but I don't know why, I just like, it's Corey I just Feldman. love it. Yeah, Corey Feldman is in it, he's great in it. Yeah. Um, Will Wheaton. No, it's just Corey Feldman. Oh, it's starring <laughs> him, and that's Corey it. Feldman. But um, just the character development and the story, it just and it has a, such a nostalgic feeling, I love that movie. Mm. Um. This is England is one of my all-time favorite oh, okay. movies. The the movie itself the movie itself is great, but there was a the director got all the same cast members and made a spin-off series. I think it was like 6 years or 7 years really? later called This is England 86. There's 86, 88 and 90. Um that's the year like that they take place in. So yeah. like um Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've seen the sequel. Yes, and so that series just blew my mind like i think the only time i ever was in a down spot where i was like i think i'm gonna quit acting like i don't like this that series is what i think because they were all like young actors and the performances were just british tv like they have yeah. some of the best acting ever they do <laughs> and this there was something so visceral about me watching these performances that kind of reignited my spark of like, no, 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 I need to, I need to audition for Juilliard yeah. and CalArts again. I want to be out in LA. I want to do this type of work. Shane Meadows is the director and he has a really cool um, style of directing. I think I read this story where the, there's two characters that have like this on and off again, kind of tumultuous relationship yeah, throughout yeah. the series. And he like purposely had them not see each other for like, I think a year and a half or something because he wanted this one scene where they see each other again to be like, real. we could feel it. Yeah, we could yeah. feel it. And it's so cool to watch because I think they set it up so that it really could be like almost one take where like they meet and we capture all their reactions because they were really close. They, they all grew up together from the yeah. movie and throughout the whole series. So for him to keep them apart for that long, he was like, I don't want you guys talking. I don't want you guys seeing each other. And then so when we see this see them reunite it's like such a crazy crazy it must feeling. have been really hard to do oh yeah and, and pull the, off but i don't know why i just i think that type of stuff is so cool as an actor to yeah, just yeah. be able to like really go for it with that type of stuff mm -hmm. the other movie i would say i really love um elizabeth with Kate blanchett it's uh about queen, queen elizabeth, elizabeth if you couldn't guess yeah i don't know if i've ever seen that one. Oh, dude i don't know if it's because i watched it young and now it just like has a nostalgic kind of vibe to it but the the it's everything i love about period pieces it's like that not only is her performance insane but the costumes the sets the locations like everything about it is um is 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 inspiring to me that's like the the level of movie that i kind of want to aim for are we talking about shows too because <laughs> i got shows that i rewatch all the time how do I not know how to spell Kate Blanchett? Oh, because oh, you're spelling it with a K. Uh, yeah, it's with a C. It's with a C, Sorry. bro. Get Don't disrespect me like that. <laughs> that is so blasphemous. I don't yeah. even think I've ever seen Elizabeth. You're going to have to... Well, what's cool is she her. did a second one, Elizabeth the Golden Age. Not as good as Elizabeth, but 
I think they filmed it like six years later and she's actually older and she plays Elizabeth way older as she's the first one's about her coming into her power and the mm-hmm. second one she's like full on queen leading armies and stuff so it's really cool to watch the the uh, the transformation of just her as an actress over that long of a period but even just um, that that many years later from the first one. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen this. Bro, add it to your list. Yeah, so. you're really into the deep dramas then for your rewatch. Yeah, I mean, so. and Game of Thrones is one of my favorite shows Game of all time. Sick. <laughs> I, I rewatched that as many times as I possibly can fit into a year. Interesting. Okay, let's see. What do we got here? Um, Crash Bandicoot. Nope, that's not what I... What oh, is this, this list? Is, this, is a, this isn't a list. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so, Mandalorian. Have you been following Mandalorian? Are you a Star Dude, Wars guy? Don't yes, start giving I'm things away. I'm 100% a Star Wars guy. Yeah? Um, I think I'm on my 31st audiobook, Star Wars audiobook. Holy shit. My Audible says I've listened to like 400 plus hours of Star Wars audio. audio really? Books. Yeah. Oh my god, are these like the backstory books? Like, these are all like, the like side trilogies. Holy but, shit. But dude, I don't even know why Disney isn't taking these. Some of these books are like, why did they just waste so much money on that trilogy when this exists? It's just yeah. the characters are so freaking epic. The planets they describe. And I don't know if you've ever listened to any. Uh, have you listened to audiobooks? Some uh, of them yeah, are very mundane. And yeah, the yeah. But uh, Mark Thompson is the narrator for most of the Star Wars audiobooks. It sounds like they cast the entire audiobook with like really? 40 people because he's so good at voices. He does mm-hmm. all the voices? Or all the yeah. voices. And the production of these things is insane. Like if there's a scene in the cantina, they'll have little clinking of glasses and really? like voices in the background. If it's a ship battle, they will be in the background, all the laser sounds That's and explosions. Cool. Yeah. So you listen for someone with ADHD, like yeah, I can't yeah. focus on reading. So it's so amazing to be able to feel like... Even I think even the scenes that they're just on a ship, there's like this hum with the yeah, bass. Yeah. So when you listen in your car, you just feel like you're in this aircraft yeah, yeah. while you're listening to them speaking. It's, yeah, it's Audible's pretty come epic. a long way, man. It's come a long way, but I, I thought I every audiobook doing, was like that. It's not. Because I was uh, like driving like 70 hours a week back in the day, and I like got it when Audible first came out. I think I yeah. started subscribing. It makes driving way better. Yeah, and just from then till now is fucking wild because they do they the have all the crazy, characters yeah. they have the sound effects they yeah they everything. can do so much in in post but um but yeah now it got to the point where i'm like oh he's not the narrator i'm not i'm not yeah i'm not gonna mess are with you this. watching mandalorian yeah i am yeah well i i haven't seen the new episode yet but oh well that's the only one i want to talk about i know well <laughs> the only thing i care to talk about isn't really a huge spoiler i mean i guess a spoiler the, the baby yoda has a name now yeah um do you want to know what it is Hit me with it. Hit you with it? Okay. Is it cheeky? No, it's Grogu. It could have been Grogu. cuter, let's be okay. honest. <laughs> yeah. It could have been cuter. So, well, I but think John, John Favre has uh, talked about it like he doesn't want him to be like cute. a cute little adorable thing. Grogu. I mean, I'll get used to it, but Listen, I still like the child. You think Grogu, like if we, if we would have heard Yoda um, after just seeing pictures of Yoda for so long, yeah. you think that would have been like... A matching thing? You think Grogu well, they is do on a, that they level? Do, the lore of Star Wars is what I love and is so impressive. Like, probably all of the names from that species are probably within, like, a certain, like, syllables right. or, or, or like, have to have a certain amount of letters or so something like that. So yeah, there's a science. There's a science behind. I feel like there's a science for sure. Yeah, yeah. Grogu and Yoda kind of match up. Because the other, the other Jedi that we've seen that's the same race is Yaddle, I think her name is. She's, like, the girl 
Yoda. Oh, so it's we Yoda saw that one of the movies or whatever? Yeah, she's Wh- in some one? of the movies. I don't remember. Episode one. Episode, episode one. one. So Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu. Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu. So, so I just mean there might be some sort of science to why they're yeah. why they're called these. I guess those names. all those yeah all all those names. It's where like uh, certain names kind of go with uh, certain nationalities or cultures. Like that could be the. I the think Yoda. it was inspired by Groot. By Groot, Grogu. Isn't Groot. that? Isn't I am like Grogu. I, am Groot. <laughs> I feel like they just were like he's green and little and like. He's supposed. He's kind of that same energy as Groot, mm. so I feel like they were like, okay, what's something that's like marketable uh, we could put on all the Hasbro toys? Yeah. Grogu. I mean, it's uh, it, it is uh, John Favreau, right? Did he was he a big piece in Guardians of the Galaxy? It's Favreau, bro. It's Favreau. Fav- Sorry, disrespecting Favreau. Okay. He created the universe. He created the universe. Well, he made for a, Guardians. No, Marvel. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Everything Marvel, I can see except. Yeah, he's definitely had his hand in everything Marvel, pretty much. Yeah, I'd say Stan Lee helped create the universe. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which makes sense. So yeah, I gotta watch. Everybody says that this is the episode because uh, with Mandalorian, I was really into the first episode this season, and then it kind of like slowed down for a few. Uh, episodes. I honestly, after you watch this new episode, you're gonna feel like, what the hell was the rest of that up until this episode? Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I love it visually. I love seeing like the the different little cities and characters and different species. Like that stuff is so visually, it's all eye candy. But yeah, the second episode when he's walking down that uh, street lit path. What Dude, there's so many. Yeah, there's path. so many cool shots. And, like they're the eyeballs coming out. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah. That was fucking they rad. Go back to Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah, I love all that stuff, but I feel like story-wise, um, it finally would like if it was a chart, it'd be like a line, and then all of a sudden this huge spike of like right. what's mm. about to happen. Right. I mean, they're 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 definitely got a big setup to happen because I know they just started filming season three. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend audition. This is not an NDA thing, I don't think. Um, but I had a friend audition for uh, apparently another Star Wars spinoff, like some oh, sort really? of. She she did not know what it was for. Huh. They kept all the characters very vague in in the script, but it wasn't Mandalorian. So I'm curious right. to see what that's going to be. I, it, my guess was the Obi Wan thing, but I don't know if they're casting that yet. That's right. I, I mean, I know uh, Ewan McGregor is playing Obi Wan. Yeah, he which I'm excited for that. Too. I'm super. Are you excited. sure it wasn't Mandalorian though? Because that sounds like some shit they'd say. It's no, definitely Mandalorian. Not, it's definitely not Mandalorian. It, it possibly could have been know, Mandalorian. But what was it last season? It was Huckleberry. That was their. That was co- the title. That, that was their code name. Oh my god, yeah. that's funny. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, funny. It was, it was but see, I'm excited for the Obi Wan thing. But I'm also like, when I when I read all these crazy read or listen to all these crazy side books with these rich characters and worlds i'm like we want that we have already seen so much of obi-wan we already know his whole backstory like i want yeah, to what see... are we gonna watch him on that fucking planet by himself that's what, i don't know what they're gonna do <laughs> but, but that's what i mean I'm, I'm just confused why there's so much content that they could pull from yeah i'm um, gonna see i'd rather see a darth maul fucking spinoff th- probably you and a million others yeah and, and i don't know if this is darth spoiler there mm, i don't know it was for the recent episode of mandalorian yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. it's, <laughs> it's something they mentioned, but cut the mic. Nick. Well, I already cut know, the mic. I already know that I know somebody who's worked on the new season of Mandalorian, and he kind of told me a big deal of what season three is about. If it's which what I, I feel like I'm I feel like freak out. I feel like I can't even mention it because I feel no, like the I stars, pe- Star Wars people would come after this me, is, even though I haven't delicate. signed anything. Yeah, yeah, this is delicate. 
Yeah, it's super delicate. So, um, well, they can go after him because he ha- definitely has signed something. <laughs> he definitely signed something. They don't know who he is yet, though. Um, I'll wait for it. We'll see. I will confirm in episode one of season three next year if that's what I was <laughs> assuming. And I'll be like, I knew it. <laughs> and you're just going to have to believe me at that point. <laughs> it's Favre. He's telling us all. Um, yeah. Let's see. Big Mouth just came out with a new um, trailer or teaser for season four. Yeah, Big Mouth, the uh, animated show about children during their sexual awakening. It's a weird fucking show. Have you seen any of it? No, I haven't, but I know so many of my friends that like it. It's funny. Feeling a little bit anxious right now for any particular reason. Why does that look like me? (laughs) (laughs) It's about you, dude. It's about your puberty taste. Why don't you close your eyes, open your sphincter, and join me for a guided meditation. I imagine like kids clicking on this thinking it's a kid show. I guarantee you they did a little bit, but there's like... Breathing in through the nose. There's like a lot of like animated dick in this and, and stuff the, like oh that. God. Yeah, it's it's it gets really really fucking dirty. In. Oh, it's a Netflix series. And out. Ah, yeah, with John Mulaney. Just raw dog in those <laughs> lungs with that sweet sweet oxygen. I'm uncomfortable. Oh. Wait till you watch the show. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's Let like uh, it it's the children's hospital, fucking uh, the league type of uh, uh, all those dudes who always do shit together. Now, scan that lavish. Having this voice so close body. to my ear right now. <laughs> yeah. <in> these headphones. <laughs> the headphones. <laughs> How long is it? The dummy. Jesus. The dummy. Supposed to get you right in. The taint. <laughs> Anywhere else that might be tight, throbbing even. I think. I think. Okay. Yeah. It's. It's. Oh, we're just gonna end there casually. Yep. It's. It's. No. It's Nick Kroll. Uh, Nick Kroll is a creator. Yeah. So anything he kind of does is kind of weird like that. I don't know if you ever watched the Kroll show, but <laughs> I have not. I'm not. Other than South Park, I don't think I watch many animated things. Yeah. I want to watch the trailer for the new uh, Kevin Costner movie. That looks badass. What is it? Let the boy go. Let the boy go. Let him go. Thank you very much. Yeah. I didn't say let the boy go was the name of the fucking movie. Hey, you said let the boy go. Okay. We'll watch a little bit of this, too. Don't start what you can't finish. So, it's a serious movie. Yes. But it gets pretty warm. Looks like yeah. 1970s, maybe. Sure. I saw exactly. It's small town America, though, so it could be in the 80s. Boy. With all those cars. And I saw that girl yeah. can't protect her. What do you child. think they have the newest Why cars in these ta- small towns? They don't have them from the 70s. <laughs> I said 80s, literally. <laughs> trying to locate it. Who doesn't have a car that's 10 years old? He married our son's widow. Got our grandson with him. You let it be known you're looking for a wee boy. I'll find you. You're looking for a wee boy. We thought we'd see Jimmy since we're in the neighborhood. Since you're in the neighborhood. Go careful. Where in the hell are we? (laughs) Oh no. Go careful. We came to see our grandson. So it's a thriller? 
My boy doesn't have to answer to you. Psychological thriller? Psychological thriller. I love those. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like, this family runs the town, I guess. That's Come what I took us. away. No. He'd kill me. Like the family in Ozarks? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Your grandson. He's a wee boy now. He's a wee boy now. You're with me on this, right? Right behind you. He hit Lorna. I don't know. You hit your wife? Like. Jesus. <laughs> Poor woman. So, yeah, so it's a 70s movie about domestic violence. Definitely have seen that trailer somewhere before. Really? <laughs> I'll watch anything with Kevin Costner, though. Um, all right, do you want to do a top 10, or do you want to do the table read? Uh, I think we got time for both, right? What do you want to do first? Ah, oh, fuck. See, my whole entire thing, like, re-refreshed and clicked out and I had to like reopen the thing, get it back out and get it going again. I have the script. Why I just don't you to write down the, the the scene that you want to do? I should have did that before. Yeah. Well, I had it open to the page, so there's this. We can set it up though. So to, I'm gonna have to re find that website that just has uh, scenes from like every fucking movie imaginable. But uh, okay, who's playing who? I call. I call what's his name. Which uh, one you doing? Stand by me. We're gonna do. Oh my god. Who plays um? Or who does uh? River Phoenix. No, not River Phoenix. The the D Day thing. There's Vern, Teddy, my dad stormed the beaches of Normandy. Oh, that's Corey Feldman. Yeah. Yeah. What's Corey Feldman's character? Corey Feldman's character is Teddy. Teddy, yeah. Okay, I'll sure. do Teddy. Okay, I just gotta. Find the scene real fast. I'm almost there. Jesus Christ. I swear I'm almost there. Unprofessionalism. What scene are you looking? I'm going to do... Okay, so that's what we can do. We can set it up. The scene takes place on the train tracks. The entire movie takes place <laughs> on the train tracks. <laughs> yeah, it does. They're one location. They were able to clear. Yeah, pretty much. So they're on the train tracks. Uh, let's see. Okay, I'm getting close. The yard... The railroad tracks. Here we go. Lollipop. So somebody clearly, uh, this is their notes. Um, so this is right after they're, yeah, they're singing, and then they're, they make it to the trestle. And then they start to, here it is, the, the, you know, we start to get the vibration of the train. This is right, there's a little bit after, I'd say about 10, 15 minutes after, like, Corey Feldman's Teddy just had that big scene where he was, I don't know how long it's been since you guys have watched the movie. Yeah. But since... T the breakdown scene? Teddy, yeah, he's on the tracks and, like, the, the train is coming and he's like, I and can dodge it. Well, they're in the middle of the... Train bridge, right? Well, or no, the, 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 the scene I'm talking about is before that. This is where they do get to the trestle. Isn't this like one of the most quiet scenes, though, until they start like screaming? Um, you'll see. <laughs> oh, you'll see. <laughs> so, um, there is quite a bit of let's see. The most that most of the dialogue is going to be Chris, 
and I believe it's Teddy. Yeah. So it would be you want to you want River Phoenix? Of course. You can I be do. Chris. Yeah. Iconic. So you'll be Chris. You can be Teddy. Um, that leaves whoever's playing Vern. I believe Vern only has one line. So whoever's playing Vern can also do the the um, narrations. Is that not you? Or are you not doing Vern? I can do the narrations too. So then, Nick, that would make you Gordy. Oh, okay. You want to be Gordy? Sure. Okay, cool. I love Gordy. Okay, so I set this up with they're they're approaching the railroad trestle well on the tracks. They just went through that big scene um, not too long ago where. Um, Teddy tried to be faked out by the freaking train, and they wouldn't let him. They pulled him, and he's like, I could dodge it. Yeah, Can you yeah, zoom yeah. in a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Thank there you. There it is. Is that good enough? Mm, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exterior railroad trestle. Daytime. The rails run across a ridiculously narrow, narrow platform of four by sixes supported by long frail looking wooden posts crisscross frame beams it's 80 feet above the water and 150 yards long there's no more than 18 inches between the tracks and the edge of the trestle and there is no railing the thought of just crossing by foot is terrifying and that's just what is going through these boys mind as they look at it from a solid ground at wood end so this is where i come in as burn Say, any of you guys know when the next trains? Oh, you can do this, and you, you don't. You, do you do? I forgot to mention that. I was like, wait, yeah, yeah, what yeah. Is no, this? no. Okay, you don't have to act out as the character. This okay. is a monologue style. Yeah, you can make your own character. That's don't do impressions. Don't okay, like, do it your own. Yeah, way. yeah. I should have mentioned that first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, apparently, oh. apparently, Mikey's way is a 1920s gangster. Yeah, I was like, you gotta um, put it different. doesn't sound like that. At listen, all. I only have one line, so. so you gotta really <laughs> ham it up. Yeah. Say you, <laughs> say. Any of you guys know when the next trains do? They all shrug. We could go down to the Route 136 bridge. What? Jesus. Are you crazy? Five miles down the river? You walk five miles down the river? Did I go backwards? Yeah, bring it down slightly. <laughs> then, okay. <laughs> then you're going to walk five miles back. That could take till dark. We go across here. We... We can get to the same place in 10 minutes. Vern. Oh. Wait, was that? Oh, yeah. I guess I do this have more than one so line. Smooth. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Vern. But if the train comes, there's nowhere to go. I changed. Hell, there isn't. That's steady. Yeah. Let's see steady. Oh. Okay. He swings over the edge and holds on to the four by six. See how easy it is. You telling me you're going to hang like that out over the water if it's a 200-car freight? Nice. <laughs> Quit being a pussy. No, I'm just asking, what would you do? Look, you guys go around if you want to. I'm crossing <laughs> here. Uh, fuck, now I'm going British too. <laughs> uh, fuck it, I'll go British. <laughs> Look, you guys go around if you want to. I'm crossing. This is the worst British. Okay, I'm crossing here. Well, you guys are dragging your candy asses halfway across the state and back. I'll be waiting for you on the other side, relaxing with my thoughts. Use your right, left hand, or your your right hand for that. You wish. One train already went by, <laughs> and there probably isn't any more than one. 
two trains a day that go through Harlow. There. See? An edgy silence falls over the boys as they think about it. Then Chris looks at Gordy with a crooked smile. What do you think, Gordo? Danger is my middle name. <laughs> Too cool. <laughs> okay. You wet and the chance, come on. They file out under the trussle single file. Teddy first, then Chris, then Vern. Gordy lets them go, then kneels down and takes one of the steel rails firmly in his hand. It's silent. He steps onto the trussle. He watches his feet as he goes between the ties. He can see the embankment drop into beneath him and rushing river into view. Teddy, who's further out, starts humming circus music as he tightrope walks onto the one rail, 18 inches from the 50-foot drum. God damn it, man. Get back to the middle. Nice. <laughs> With a please crackle, Teddy steps down off the rail, only to begin walking backwards down the middle of the track. I could do this in my sleep. Suddenly, Teddy's foot s slips. Stunned shock registers oh. onto the other boys' faces as they watch him tweet on one foot, teeter on one foot, twitter on one foot. <laughs> <laughs> then fall into the abyss between the two ties. Chris lunges forward desperately. Teddy twists himself in midair. Um, and at the last instant, manages to get both of arms over the tie in front of him. Oh, ooh. His feet, <laughs> his feet kick wildly, looking for some support. Where's this support? <laughs> There's nothing below him but a 50-foot drop and rocks down to the river. Wasn't it an 80-foot drop to start off? Okay, sorry. Uh, rocks down to the river. As Teddy str struggles, Chris quickly steps down behind him, stretches out onto the ties, reaches down, grabs him by the back of Teddy's pants, and pulls him up. You got a little bit of this oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Man. Continuing rising to his feet. This is Teddy. Continuing rising to his feet with Chris. I was going to fall. I wasn't going to fall. <laughs> Just stop screwing around, okay? <laughs> they look at each other. Teddy looks away first. Jesus, they that's a lot of narration. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrase. Shit happens, yeah. shit happens, shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> the boy's body and their breathing. Oh, yeah, so they get up and then the train starts coming. <laughs> uh, I lost the comb. Forget it, Vern. <laughs> up ahead, Chris stops and turns around and checks on Gordy and Vern. They seem to be fine continuously on his way. Vern and Gordy pass the midpoint. There's no turning back now. Slowly, we become aware of the noise behind them. We hear a hot hum of a locust the sigh of the wind the racket of a blue jay and the, <laughs> the tumble of the water below get bright and clear gordy lifts oh this Jesus is Christ. oh wait i was supposed that's to end it yeah yeah I was, just, I was supposed and, to end and scene and that was that. <laughs> I think we did better than the original version. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I would watch that mocking version. So, yeah, that was uh, Stand By Me. So check out that 1986 film. I'm apologizing to River Phoenix in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or the uh, or the scene from Planes, Trains, and Automobile where they're going the wrong way on the highway. <laughs> Figure we're going to save that for next week. <laughs> okay. Um, You're going to <laughs> You're going the wrong way. Or maybe we'll do a scene from Elizabeth. 
Oh my god, that's actually British, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you have to do it in American. Think I think yeah, she's the Queen of England. <laughs> so I had this one up, but it closed. So we'll bring it back up again, I guess. There, yeah. I had the. He's got a jerk. Oh, a dude! Bit. I already know my number one. Yeah. Well, this is a, this is going to be a top ten list. So this is a list that we've been pulling, holding aside for two weeks now, and we're gonna get on and go. This is the top ten best ever Nickelodeon shows ranked. Ooh. I swear to God, if they don't have number one, what I'm thinking, I'm gonna be so mad. So, uh, have you seen uh, Have you seen the Orange Years yet? No, what is that? It's a Nickelodeon documentary about the uprising of Nickelodeon. I believe it's on Amazon the Prime. The golden age of Nickelodeon. The golden age of Nickelodeon. When it was down in Universal Studios. Uh, Film live in a studio audience uh, in Universal Studios in Universal Orlando, Florida. I love Nickelodeon. I, I was a Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network Nickelodeon kid. Yeah. Like, I was toggling between the two. Okay, so we'll do honorable mentions first. We'll rush through these. Kablam was number six. I forgot about that show. Oh, yeah. Kablam was, was great. Yeah. It had, um, what was the action figure show? Oh, yeah, it was uh, Action League Now. Yeah, Action yeah. League Now. Yeah, with the stinky diver. <laughs> Melt man with the ability to... Melt! <laughs> yeah, Kablam was the shit. Um, 25, figure it out. Are we doing all? No, I'm just honorable mentioning real quick. Salute Your Shorts is 24. Uh, I'm okay. not remembering some of these. Salute Your Shorts is definitely... I was a baby. Should be higher up there. Uh, Real oh, Monsters, yeah. 23. Fuck yeah. Okay, 22. Hey, dude, that show sucked, but it started everything else. Oh, what? dude, Rocket Power. 21. Rocket Power is 21. That was good. Clarissa explains it. these. Okay, I think this this this, this top list ten is upside down. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is cat dog. It might be upside down. Wait, what was the first one? It was Kablam. No, it can't be upside down. If Kablam was number one. So okay, Rocket Power, Cat Dog, uh, eighteen Angry Beavers, Angry Beavers. Oh <laughs> seventeen Legends of the Hidden Temple. Eh. That was one of my favorite game shows. Was it? Um, Double Dare was sixteen. That should be way higher on the list. Yeah. Drake and Josh fifteen. Eh. Fairly Odd Dude, Parents, love. 14. Ventures of Pete and Pete, no. 13. No. What the heck? You that think that needs to be higher? Two. That should be number two. Number two. And we all know. It only ran like is. three seasons. Okay, Rocco's Modern Life, number 12. Are You Afraid of the Dark, number 11. Oh, my God. Dude, that used to freaking make me cry. That's his favorite job. <laughs> that all right. makes me cry. Here we go. Number 10. Ren and Stimpy. Oh, fuck here. They're creepy. Definitely needs to be in the... Look at this picture yeah, dude, right here. Yeah, that picture is great. They're squeezing the shit or piss or whatever no, out of I a think fish. it's caviar. Oh, they're squeezing... Okay, <laughs> you the obviously eggs. have to go yeah. so graphic yeah. with that. You're like, the piss or the... <laughs> That's what the documentary was saying with Ren and Stimpy. They're like, we came out with Ren and Stimpy and then we realized how far we could push the envelope without yeah. anybody saying anything. anything. And then we made Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> Number nine, Invader oh, Zim. I love that show. I forgot about that one too. That was like emo, emo central. Everyone had like... Gur shirts. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. Like all the <laughs> goth you, emo, emo, you had a gur shirt or a patch or, shirt. Or yeah, they have yeah. the patches or whatever, or they draw them under their fucking converse <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't remember anything that actually happened in Vader Zim though. I remember uh, it a little accurate. Bit, but. All right, number eight. Doug. Yeah. It, it's. It, one of the, th okay, the three. So Rugrats is probably going to be number one. And I'm just saying that because one of the three. Main first ever animated Nickelodeon shows were Doug Rugrats no. and and uh, SpongeBob's going to be number one. 
Oh, yeah, SpongeBob probably will be number Dude, one. Dude, so we're not doing modern Nickelodeon at all because I really wanted Avatar The Last Airbender to be on here. That's not Nickelodeon. Yeah, it is. Is it? I don't think it, it was, is Nickelodeon. It wasn't created but not, by Nickelodeon. Not the, not the golden age Nickelodeon, but... Um, I mean, there's a lot of... Drake I mean, and Josh isn't, the, isn't fucking golden age Nickelodeon. True. Short thereafter, but it's It there. just needs to be on here. Doug, Doug, I think, uh, should be a little bit higher up on the list, don't you know? I think Are You Afraid of the Dark should be higher well, on the yeah, list. Well, yeah, obviously. But Doug was fucking... I think Doug ran like eight seasons. No, Doug was... Yes, they probably didn't run eight seasons. They probably like re re reruns. Patty mayonnaise for a long time. Number seven, Keenan and Cal. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. I haven't seen all that yet. That's gonna be higher up. I was at the strip club one time and they played the theme song for Keenan and Cal. Like, this is <laughs> actually pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense actually. I think it'd be danceable. I do love orange soda. I mean, whatever. I, apparently, Kel, the guy who... So, Keenan, we all know, is now, like, the longest-running member of SNL. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's been on Whoa, four years that. longer than the last previous wow. person that's been on the longest. Like, of all time. Um, Kel, however, he is the executive producer and creator of the new All That. Which oh, I didn't know okay. that that's what there that was. Sense. So, he's still pushing... He's still working for Nickelodeon and pushing Nickelodeon. Um, what was that? Number seven? Number six. Hey Arnold. hey Arnold. Dude, I loved Hey Arnold. I saw, I think, every episode of Hey I Arnold. I think half of the lessons I learned in life are from Hey Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, growing up in a combination of, what was it, three different cities? It was like a combination of San Francisco, Chicago, and New York or yeah. some shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was I, a good remember, one. I remember Stoop Kid, yeah. and I remember the, the hermit guy that lived in the boarding house. Used to what always... about the breathing guy? Remember the breathing guy that oh, always comes yeah, up behind yeah. her? Wasn't this like, that this dude? No, that's dude. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, Helga Pataki. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the old back fist. Man, I forgot. I I haven't seen any of these. I mean, uh, most of these episodes are actually on Hulu or something now. One of the oh yeah, you streaming, can find yeah, like they they brought back a lot of these. Yep, there it is. Okay, number five is all that. Oh, nice. But the original all that. It's not the uh, the re one that all the new people are doing. And then, yeah, it says all the uh, spawn-offs of all that. The spawn-offs? Yeah, the, the spin-offs. <laughs> spin-offs. Spawn so the Amanda Bynes, like, she went off. Like, oh, I remember it's still, like, yeah, I Carly is went crazy, you know. <laughs> Like iCarly, and then there was one that came out from that. Like, there's like eight different shows that I it Carly, kept spinning off. iCarly wasn't from all that. It was Whoa, from Rugrats okay. Is number four. Yeah, what spun off from that was the okay, the Amanda show yeah, spun off, and then Drake and Josh spun off from that, and then iCarly spun off from that. Oh, Drake and Josh, yeah. So <laughs> it just kept going. Yeah, number four is Rugrats. I thought that what would be. What the heck is number one? I'm guessing SpongeBob. I'm putting my money yeah. down right now. Because Rugrats. Was their bread and butter for Nickelodeon for a long fucking time. Remember, they had a, if you had any of the cassette tapes, they were all orange. Mm -hmm. They were the only ones that you could find in a pile of cassettes because they were orange. Yeah, number three. Oh yeah, I was the last Airbender, but I'm really triggered that it's number three. Really? What Dude, that's one of my all-time all favorite shows. Really? Period. Not just like animated. Like, were you pissed off at the uh, M, M Night Shyamalan revamp? What or are you talking about? <laughs> we don't talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> that one. The fandom has made a, a pack that we 
just do not acknowledge. It can't be any worse than the Dragon Ball Z movies. I mean, they're probably right. Honorable mentions. Oh, dude, Wild Thornberry. How How did I forget about that one? Yeah, number two is the Wild Thornberry. Loved Wild Thornberries. Oh, these are number two honorable mentions, I guess. Wild Thornberries, Danny Phantom. They're all number two. Yeah, I guess they're all number two. (laughs) iCarly, Chalk Zone, The Amanda Show. No, 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 no. Those were paid ads to be there. As told by Ginger. Netstick Classified was sick. Those past my time, I still used to watch that shit. And you were right. Yeah, number one, SpongeBob. It's still running. Dude, SpongeBob is life. It's been on for more than 20 years. Yeah, because I remember watching the first episode when I was a kid. I do too. Like, oh, this new show. Did you know Nickelodeon bought an NFL game or whatever this year? No. They they have the rights to do an NFL game. That's weird. I think because they want to see SpongeBob do the halftime show. I think that's the sole reason that no they way. wanted to do that. <laughs> Dude, SpongeBob is another one of those kid shows that if you watch now, you're like, that is not appropriate. <laughs> no. That is not appropriate. No, a lot of the earlier ones for sure. <laughs> Didn't he just come out as gay? SpongeBob, yeah. Yeah, yeah officially, I guess the anime character just came out as gay. Yeah. That they just, all these years later. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that they're with the times. They're like, okay. He came what out. character makes sense? I wonder if there's an episode about that. Like me too. That's what I was. That's what reminded me when I was thinking of watching it back. Like I wonder if that really was incorporated into his character, Maybe. or they just kind of like placed it on him. Maybe. You know the ongoing joke with like J.K. Rowling, how she just like finds she just like finds minorities or like little things she can add to make update Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah. I'd be like, how come you don't have any like trans characters or something? And she'll just like. Actually, this one yeah, character yeah. in chapter three of four, and then people just think she's doing that with yeah. her character now. They're like, oh, she knows so much about in depth and has thought about, like, no, she thought it out because you asked her. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what I mean, just finding where it could fit. Um, this list has been brought to you by an awesome little company located out in Tucson, Arizona called Official Clothing. Oh, I've never heard of them. Are you sure? Yeah. We have now. Yeah, go to uh, ohfishl.com, and you will go ahead and find a whole bunch of really cool clothing rooted in hip-hop. And, you know, they, they take a take a good look at your old, uh, some of your favorite brands, but they redo them. They make them look even better and cooler. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can get T-shirts from them. You can get bracelets. You can get baseball caps. You can get pretty much whatever. But you know what you can get once you get all this stuff? You can get a discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and check out. Go ahead and use promo code Hollywood, and you'll save twenty five percent off your first purchase. It's good fucking quality, right? Yeah, it's good fucking high quality. Andrew, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys. That was really fun. Yeah, dude. Uh, where if our people want to find you and learn more about you, uh, I feel like no do? one knows how to spell my last name, but it's pretty much all my ats are at Andrew Matarazzo. So it's M A T A. R-A-Z-Z-O, Matarazzo. Yeah. Is that where they'll be able to find the uh, music video once that drops, too? Yeah, you probably follow my YouTube and my Spotify would be, like, the best plan to get updates on that. Um, not sure exactly when it's going to drop, but we're filming it this weekend. So, awesome. So hopefully it won't be too long. Yeah, right on. And if you want to find us and any of our, our network friends, you can go on over to the innercirclepn.com and you will find the likes of other amazing shows like the Simmons and Moore podcast. Shit happens when you party naked. Shit happens when you party naked. That's right. We have HT Nas over there. That's a hashtag no offense show. Uh, the plunge. The plunge and the hood diner. The hood diner. Yeah. You know what? Um, I, I want to give a quick shout out to some other good shows that's been supporting us, um, especially over the 
over the past year probably um the angry dad podcast that's been over there yeah. so you should go ahead and check him out they're a pretty awesome guy and also um jason lampro and his podcast also the untrained eye i love beth and dj and over there so mm. you go go check those guys out their shows are amazing they put a fucking fuck ton of work yeah. into their shows and the quality shows so go ahead um but yeah, yeah listen it, to us first but i mean if you have time well if you're listening to this but yeah if you go over to innercirclepn.com you'll also find out um network shows that we do um we'll be coming out with a new show of winter circle the tr our trivia show where we put podcasts against podcasts we're going to be doing a new episode next week and that will be going live also there's other shows like the inner circle sports show there's slimmer circle and creatures of the night so check them out also there's the the charity 24 hour podcast that's going on in new hampshire from the plunge plunges feed so check that out donate help out the uh special olympics for new hampshire it's for a great cause they've already raised a shit ton of money and yeah Ry keep doing riley really really wants to be able to compete this year so we need to come and come together and yeah. raise money for him it's uh it's gonna be a great show make so make sure you turn in friday on december 18th and that's gonna start at seven o'clock at night and go till seven o'clock saturday night so check that out um yeah you can find us on instagram failing hollywood we're also on facebook at failing hollywood um you can find email us at uh well you can find us on instagram like and subscribe us yeah uh, do all that stuff rate and review us do all that stuff that's it we're uh, failing hollywood yeah, yeah send send some dick pics whatever you want yeah until next time mm -hmm.